Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Calmly Create Wealth Podcast, Canadian Investment Edition. My name is Marcel Mares, and I'll be Portfolio Strategist for Century Funds. Today on the podcast, we have Brian Brown. He's a Portfolio Manager, Canadian Specialist, and we'll talk about the Fed results of banks, supervisory stress tests for 2020, and positioning and some companies in the Canadian equity asset class. But before we get started with questions for Brian, I want to provide a quick performance update for Century Canadian Funds. In June, markets have taken a bit of a breather after a strong bounce off the bottom from March to May. The Century Canadian Equity Funds and Century Conservative Balance Income Fund, which is a 50-50 balance fund, were up about 1% for a 30-day period ending July 2nd, 2020. Century Canadian Equity Fund slightly underperformed the S&P TSX index, which was up 3%. The driver of the underperformance was an underway to Shopify, which made up almost 200 basis points of the uh, outperformance for the, for the TSX. Shopify is a great Canadian name, which is one of the biggest weights in the index at about 6%, and it was up 32% over this period, which some may consider expensive, and we'll discuss this later on. Another contributor to the Century Canadian Equity Funds was an underway to the energy sector and security selection in the consumer discretionary sector. Within the energy sector, we have less than 1% allocation to the sector, which was down almost 7% during this period on the pullback in oil. Within the consumer discretionary sector, a 2.5% allocation to Amazon was a key contributor, which was up 17% during this period. So that's a quick update on on the funds. Now let's move on to questions for Brian. Brian, can you comment on why you have such a low allocation to the energy sector? Thanks, Marcel. There are a couple of factors that drive our underweight position in energy. First, while co-manager Jack Hall and myself are bottom-up stock pickers, we also take a holistic view on the portfolio and consider the amount of cyclicality we have, which can come from a variety of sectors, whether that's energy, consumer discretionary, financials, industrials, or REITs. So while we want a level of cyclical exposure as businesses reopen, and the economy recovers, we believe energy carries a heightened level of cyclicality when we factor in not only the supply-demand balance for oil, but also egress issues in Western Canada and the sometimes unpredictable production decisions by Saudi Arabia. We also have to count on OPEC and OPEC Plus members following through with necessary production cuts so we think there are one too many variables that can go wrong, which drives our underweight position. Secondly, we are concerned with the shale exploration and production companies in the U.S., like EOG Resources and Parsley Energy, who have indicated that they would bring on barrels at these levels. So our goal has been to exit energy as WTI has risen above $40 per barrel. Okay, that's great. Thank you. We mentioned Shopify. What is your current view of Shopify at these levels? Is it, is it too expensive or what are your thoughts on this company? Yeah, so we like Shopify and yes, it is expensive, but we believe it deserves a premium multiple for a few reasons. Number one, the total adjustable market. The adjustable market is increasing as COVID has pulled forward e-commerce adoption. We estimate that Shopify's penetration in global re retail is less than 1%. And we also note that 70% of the revenue last year came from the US. So there's a lot of room for them to grow globally. Number two, the take rate. Shopify's take rate is around two and a half percent, 
And that has room for expansion when we compare that to peers who have a take rate that ranges from five to 15%. Shopify can take more with increased adoption of their offerings like payments and shipping. Number three, margins. Shopify has invested aggressively into their large market opportunity as they scale. So we believe that once they do reach a sufficient scale, we expect that their operating margins will improve. So yes, we like Shopify and we own it, but it is indeed expensive and the valuation keeps us underweight. And valuation is the biggest risk that we see for this story. Okay, thanks for that, Brian. Your biggest portfolio weight is in financials. Can you comment on uh, the Fed released results for the uh, supervisory stress test? Sure. I'd just like to point out that financials is our largest weight, but our exposure is diverse with subsectors that cut across alternative asset management, property and casualty insurance, rating agencies, leasing, life insurance, and banks, both Canadian and US. So on the topic of the, on the stress test, on June 25th, the Federal Reserve Board released results of its stress test where the Fed runs recessionary scenarios to see if banks would remain well capitalized and that was indeed the case. But what was most interesting with this year's test were the three downside scenarios given COVID-19. A V-shaped recession and recovery, a U-shaped recession and recovery, and a W-shaped double dip recession. Under each scenario, banks were projected to remain above minimum regulatory capital requirements, which offers more confidence in the strength of the banking system. While there is some concern in the market that banks are exposed to dividend cuts, as they have to resubmit plans later this year to reflect current stresses, we are in the camp that the economy will continue to heal as businesses reopen. An example we can take a look at is the 4.8 million jobs added in June versus expectations of 3.2 million in the US. So we believe that large banks that we own will not be subjected to dividend cuts and to bottom line it, we expect the banks to continue to be a source of operational strength during the pandemic with share prices eventually reflecting the strengths as the economy recovers. Okay, that's great. Thank you, Brian, for your insights today. In closing, if you agree with our views and investment approach, we encourage you to consider Century Canadian funds. Irrespective if we're in a recession or a growth phase, we believe high quality North American companies are in a better position to withstand market shocks and thrive after the event. Century Canadian Income Fund is a Great option for investors who prefer a conservative equity approach with U.S. equities bolted on for sector completion in IT and healthcare. For investors who prefer a more conservative approach, the Century Conservative Balanced Income Fund is an option. And finally, for investors seeking a bit more torque, there's the Century All Cap Income Fund. Century All Cap Income Fund is a blend of small, mid, and large caps and has approximately 40% allocation to U.S. equities. Since Brian and Jack have taken over these mandates, in September of, of last year, they've done a remarkable job modernizing the Canadian franchise at Century and performance has turned around under their oversight. These mandates are either first or second quartile during this time period, which was quite a volatile period with new highs, a 30% plus market correction, and, and now a recovery. So for listeners, if you want to know more about Century Canadian offerings or Century funds, check out ci.com and join us next week for another update on Century funds. Thank you and have a great day.
This podcast is provided as a general source of information and should not be considered personal, legal, accounting, tax, or investment advice, or construed as an endorsement or recommendation of any entity or security discussed. Investors should seek the advice of professionals prior to implementing any changes to their investment. Certain statements in this podcast are forward-looking that are predictive in nature, depend upon, or refer to future events or conditions. Forward-looking statements are subject to risks, uncertainties, and assumptions that could cause actual results to differ materially from those set forth. Although the forward-looking statements contained herein are based upon what CI Global Asset Management and the Portfolio Manager believe to be reasonable assumptions, neither CI Global Asset Management nor the Portfolio Manager can assure that actual results will be consistent with these forward-looking statements. Certain statements contained in this podcast are based in whole or in part on information provided by third parties, and CI Global Asset Management has taken reasonable steps to ensure their accuracy. Market conditions may change, which may impact the information contained in this podcast. Commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund investments. Please read the prospectus before investing. The indicated rates of return are the historical annual compounded total returns net of fees and expenses payable by the fund, including changes in security value and reinvestment of all dividends or distributions, and do not take into account sales, redemption, distribution, or optional charges or income taxes payable by any security holder that would have reduced returns. Mutual funds are not guaranteed, their values change frequently, and past performance may not be repeated.